Sego. I'm John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. There is a double standard that permeates the national discourse on race relations in the United States. And the recent comments by Rick Santorum and CNN's response to those comments highlight that double standard. Back on May 22nd, the media reported that former U.S. Senator Rick Santorum was being dismissed by CNN as a senior political commentator. This dismissal came almost a month after Santorum's comments essentially erasing Native presence on this continent before white men landed on our shores. Rick Santorum, since losing his Pennsylvania Senate seat to Bob Casey years ago, Santorum has found one-off cable stardom. He wasn't particularly well-known for his views on Native Americans until today. When this surfaced, a portion of his remarks to the Young Americas Foundation. We came here and created a blank slate we, we birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there was nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but, if, but candidly, that, that, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. It, it was born of the people who came here pursuing religious liberty to practice their faith. Santorum's comments echo a long history of politicians erasing any contributions that Native people ever had to the U.S. or civilization as a whole. Santorum's comments, and more importantly, the decision by CNN to wait almost 30 days to end their relationship with him, also goes to show how the broader public and media institutions view Native people to this day. CNN offered no official statement just that they were parting ways. In the days following the release of the video, I said had Centaurum or anyone else made racist comments like this directed towards black people or Jewish people, they would have been fired that day. But it took CNN almost a month to determine if his comments were even racist or offensive at all. Or more accurately, if his slight towards Native people were egregious enough for any actions to be taken. The time it took for CNN to react to Santorum's comments painstakingly demonstrates the failure of mainstream media institutions to react appropriately when addressing the issues of systemic racism. Santorum's whitewashing of U.S. history is not unique. It has been shared and echoed by prominent politicians for the past two centuries. It is taught in schools, it is preached about in churches, and it has been proclaimed by judges, congressmen, senators, and presidents up to and including current office holders. It is a false and dangerous myth used to justify the treatment of the native population on this continent and as part of a long process erasing us from the past, present, and future. The single biggest hurdle that native people encounter when it comes to the realm of social justice issues is constantly having to fight this pervasive idea that we no longer exist. The fact that it took CNN an entire month before it reacted to calls from Native activist groups and allies to fire Santorum proves this. Black people, Hispanic people, and Jewish people have much greater support systems to respond to offenses like these. 
These support networks can mobilize within seconds to put pressure on media companies and corporations to condemn offensive comments made on their platforms. After all, we had no success in getting the Washington NFL franchise to change its name until the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement last summer after the murder of George Floyd by the coward Derek Chauvin. I want to make one thing clear. I am not condemning these groups for stepping up and getting things done when their people are targets of racism. I am merely pointing out that Native people have no such widespread support systems within the broader media landscape to make our voices heard. And the fact that racist and offensive comments directed towards Native people are tolerated at a much higher level than any other ethnic minority group in the United States points towards a much broader and more systemic issue at play here. It seems the policies and strategies of the U.S. government to reduce the numbers of the indigenous population by any means necessary, and then erasing any evidence of our existence prior to Europeans settling on our shores, has been so effective that a large part of our fight still involves convincing people that we still exist, even in 2021. So again, I have to wonder, if Santorum had said something similarly offensive about black people or Hispanic people or Jewish people, would it have taken CNN a month to respond? I think we all know the answer to that. In fact, in the small town of Cambridge, New York, we already have an answer to that question. As most of you may recall, I've been engaged in a mascot debate in my old stomping grounds. To put it bluntly, Cambridge is a very white community and they have a native mascot for their school. They call themselves the Cambridge Indians and use a stereotypical profile of a native man for their logo and mascot. This exact same image has been used by several dozen schools up and down the East Coast for the past several decades. It's basically a public domain stock photo at this point. As frequent listeners of this show know, I traveled to Cambridge last fall to formally ask the school board to retire this mascot and follow the national trend to end this racist practice. I was clear that it promoted a false stereotype of native people. It dehumanizes us and treats us as a people of the past, in particular with its 18th century depiction of what a Cambridge Indian is. It is an appropriation of another culture and it is a mockery of both that culture and native identity. My call for the removal of this race-based mascot was received far better than I expected. There were others in the town who actually agreed with me. And the majority of the five-member school board appeared to me as folks who knew this had to happen. And in fact, they had already begun the process of developing a racial equity program, something that would have been difficult when your town's high school is promoting a false stereotype by using a race-based mascot. However, Cambridge is a right-wing conservative community, and they love being the Cambridge Indians, and they hate outsiders threatening to take their stuff. So in spite of a school board that would likely have voted on the spot to remove the mascot, community backlash slowed things down to a standstill. The superintendent unrolled a plan to have a public comment period from December through February, and a board vote in March. As March approached, the debates on local social media heated up, and a local newspaper, which was very pro-mascot, fanned the flames with full-page paid ads and every opinion piece it published. Eventually, the school board voted to delay a vote on the mascot to the last board meeting of the school year in June, 
and to bring in a restorative justice mediation team for the community to discuss how this contentious debate was making them feel. Using the delay to their advantage, the pro-mascot rabble-rousers put up two candidates for the school board election. There was a full-blown campaign to make this election a referendum on the mascot, and the community came out to be heard in a record turnout, resulting in the two pro-mascot candidates winning by a landslide. Now, none of the board members would be replaced until the start of the next school year calendar, beginning in July. So the original school board members, who were once poised to end the 80-year use of an offensive mascot, still had that opportunity at the next board meeting. But they were now on shaky ground. They certainly could go ahead and remove the mascot, but in July, with two pro-mascot school board members taking their seats, the board majority would flip. This leaves Cambridge in a very unique situation. Because with schools all across the United States dropping their native mascots and even a few states passing legislation to ban them, Cambridge could go from a town that retires its offensive mascot to reinstating it just one month later. So what does any of that have to do with what I started the show with? Well... Local school's yearbook being recalled by the district tonight after a student listed Mein Kampf, the autobiography of Adolf Hitler, as their favorite book. Officials at Cambridge Junior Senior High School have asked any students who already received their yearbook to give it back. The superintendent telling News 10 ABC, quote, this is unacceptable on many levels. District is working with the yearbook company to figure out how to correct the issue. The yearbooks were immediately recalled and there would be new ones ordered at the cost of $10,000. The student who left a comment, the yearbook staff, and the faculty advisor were all put on notice. Clear, unequivocal statements came from the school administrators. Rabbis in the region were asked for comments. Families, Jewish families in particular, were assured that decisive measures were being taken immediately. And when the media grabbed the story, there was both broad condemnation of the student and embarrassment was heaped upon this small school and community. Sorrow shame and humiliation had come to Cambridge. But one thing was clear, discrimination, anti-Semitism, and intolerance would not be tolerated in Cambridge. This was not what Cambridge stands for. Wait, hold on. No six month process to decide what to do? No concern about community backlash? or the financial cost of this controversy? No outside mediators or public comment period? No debate over whether Mein Kampf is offensive to Jewish people? Hello? They call themselves Cambridge Indians. They are white people, appropriating the imagery of native people. Even their quote-unquote Indian logo is white. Maybe their idea of tolerance is tolerating racists and racism only when it's targeted towards native people. Maybe their idea of tolerance is a double standard. They correctly draw the line when it comes to a high school student liking a book that calls for the termination of the Jewish race and praises the efficiency that Americans displayed when it came to disposing of the people who were here before them. Yet they drag out a six month long process to decide whether or not their high school mascot is offensive? And if anything should be done about it? And by the way, let's set the record straight once and for all. Yes, the mascot is offensive. Any use of any race-based mascot is offensive. Done. P. 
period. End of story. Look, praising Mein Kampf is wrong, and any celebration of that book should always be condemned. The speed with which the Cambridge Central School District reacted to this incident and the actions it took are appropriate first steps in addressing this startling display of anti-Semitism from one of their own students. The fact that those actions were taken in such a short amount of time only further demonstrates the double standard most people in the United States have when it comes to addressing the grievances of Native people. So now we get back to CNN and Rick Santorum. It makes no sense why CNN would take 30 days to fire Rick Santorum. And it makes no sense why Cambridge Central School would take 80 years to realize their mascot is wrong, or six more months to change it after I and so many others told them it's wrong. It makes no sense that by July, a new school board might vote to go back to using that very same mascot. I told the folks in Cambridge that the closest thing to white folks calling themselves Indians for entertainment was white folks putting on blackface. And of course, we all know that's wrong. Right? Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. said, Let us realize that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Let us realize that we... He borrowed this from another minister, Theodore Parker, who once said, I don't pretend to understand the moral universe. The arc is long. My eyes reach but a little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. And from what I see, I am sure it bends towards justice. Morality is a man-made standard. And that moral standard shifts and moves throughout history. And if the arc of that morality depends on conscience to bend it towards justice, well, what if conscience is absent? The thing about having a double standard is that it lacks conscience. Thank you for checking out the show. As always, if you like what you hear, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Let's Talk Native. You can follow us on Twitter at Let's Talk Native. You can also follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Native TV. And you can join us on our Facebook group page. I am John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh. Hashaka got ten dot chick was happy. Hapitch got chag is it jig bejisek. Ega get kun the mami do linda man hadnish no go majanisi doodan. Ega get kun the mami do linda man hadnish no go majanisi doodan. Kikin wa maudis una nipana hake win ke kahishi pi maudis yam nagish kan gigu tajwin. Kichi mane ke kun ke gudapan kawin. When I just shot you, jump in the way and cow.